the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Job had everything. He had fortune, he had family, he had fitness, he had fame, and he 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 lost it all. But then he said this, may the name of the Lord be what? Oh, 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 oh. He, he worshiped God in plenty, and now he's worshiping God in need. Job lost his fortune, his family, his fitness, his fame, but he never lost his faith. He never blamed God. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. Everybody doing good today? You're looking good, feeling good, sounding good, everything's good. All right, all right. Well, I want to thank you for being here, and as you can see by the uh, graphics that are going around, we're preaching through the entire Bible in a year, and every time you come, we give you the next uh, panel of information. And we come today to uh, the book of Job in the Bible, the book that contains some 10,000 words, addresses the topic of suffering like no other book in the Bible. And I want to encourage you, if you're not reading through the Bible, you're not journaling through, or you've missed some of these sermons, would you please take the time to read through the book of Job, because it will encourage you and you'll gain so much insight into pain and suffering and trial and heartache. And what I hope to do uh, today is to give you the four major points. Every week you come to church, I give you the, the four major points. And then I want to draw some conclusions, some things that I hope that you can lean upon for your own trials and for your own uh, tribulation. So in your notes, the first point, I've actually written out the major points, is the thought of testing. I want everyone to say testing. And uh, Job is tested. It's one of the major uh, points of the book of Job. He is tested to measure his devotion to God. He was tested to measure his devotion to God. And I want you to turn to Job chapter 1. I want to read just a few verses, Job chapter 1. Now, I, I got to tell you this before I read this to you. We're preaching through the Bible in a chronological order, but this book, 
of all the books in the Bible, we really don't know when this took place. Okay? I just want you to know that. There are some people who believe that this book was actually written out before the book of Genesis, uh, that uh, Moses, you know, wrote, wrote all that, wrote Genesis. And some people believe that Job actually lived before Moses. And so we really don't know. Uh, so we could have put it anywhere, right? As long as you know, we don't know. And so we, just for our study, we put it between Ruth and the kings because we've had the judges and next week we have the period of the kings as we go through the Bible. And so we put Job in there, but we could have put it anywhere. Amen? Does that make sense to you? I don't, I want, to, I don't want to confuse you. Uh, I would tell you where it goes if I knew. We just don't know. All right? All right. So Job chapter 1, verse 1. It says in the land of Oz, and I always think of the land of Oz. I don't know why. I know that's, that's probably sinful that I think that uh, in some way. But in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. And this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And that's probably one of the most important verses to the whole book. Because you need to know that even though he was a righteous man and a godly man, he still suffered severely okay so you need to remember when you read all that happened to him that he was a godly man yet he still suffered so he feared god and he shunned evil verse two now now he had a big family he had seven sons he could he could have put a basketball his own basketball team together he had seven sons and three daughters he owned he was a rich man verse three he owned seven thousand sheep three thousand camels five hundred yoke of oxen five hundred donkeys and he had a large number of servants and the Bible says he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Remember that, right? He was a very famous person, okay? Remember that. Now skip down to verse 6, okay? It says that one day the angels, and these are not the California angels like the baseball team, okay? Because the team that can't win a game. But anyway, um, you just, you know, read the sports page. You'll educate yourself a little bit. Uh, because later in a verse it says they were full of joy. That's why I know it's not those angels. Uh, uh, these are real live angels, okay? These are real angels. It says that one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, from, I've, I've been roaming through the earth and going back and forth. And we know from 1 Peter 5, 8, that's what Satan does, is he roams the earth, the Bible says, looking for someone to devour. That's what the Bible says. So verse 8, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Verse 9, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything that he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But if you were to stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, he will surely curse you to your face. And verse 12 says that the Lord said to Satan very well, then everything he has is in your hands. But on the man himself do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out from the presence of of the Lord. May God bless the reading of his words. You may please be seated. Now in your outline, you've got a lot of stuff to write down. So write this, write this down. First of all, Job lost four things. First of all, he lost his fortune. Remember all those sheep and those camels and those oxen and those donkeys? 
If you continue to read, the Chaldeans, the Sabaeans, they attack. Uh, The Bible also says that there's fire that falls from heaven. We, We would assume that was lightning of some sort. But he lost his fortune, lost all of his sheep, all of his camels, all the oxen. He lost it all. And then second of all, he lost his family. Remember those seven sons and those three girls? He lost all ten children. The Bible says there was a wind. We don't know if it was a tornado or something like that, but there was a wind that came through, and all those uh, children were in one house. And the Bible says that the four corners of the house were, uh, were destroyed, and the house collapsed and killed all ten of those children. Then he lost his fitness, okay? Because in the next chapter, if you were to continue to read, chapter 2, the Bible says that Satan, I actually have this verse for you, this is chapter 2, verse 7, that Satan, he went out from the presence of the Lord and he afflicted, everyone say that word, afflicted. He afflicted Job with painful sores of his feet to the top of his head. From the top of his head to the bottom of the soles of his feet, he was covered in boils or, or sores. Verse 4, or number 4, write this down. He also lost his fame. Remember chapter 1, he was the most famous man. He was the most famous man in all the land. Well, when you come to chapter 2, verse 8, he's sitting in an ash heap, which is like a, it just, it's like a giant ashtray, I, I would suppose. He's in an, a heap full of ashes. And the Bible says that Job took a piece of pottery, broken pottery, and he's scraping himself, th- those boils, those sores, as he sat there on the ash heap. Chapter 1, he's the most famous man. Chapter 2, he's sitting on an ash heap, uh, poor health, scraping uh, the sores on his body. So, you know, uh, one of Satan's biggest tests is what we call sudden reversal. It's where he pulls the rug out from underneath you. Sometimes it's positive to negative, and sometimes it's negative to positive. In other words, you could be a very wealthy man right now. Uh, You could have a lot of money, a big house, nice car, a lot of cash today. And you don't know this, but tomorrow something could happen to you where you lose it all. It's possible. Okay? But the reversal is true as well. You could be sitting here right now dirt poor. You couldn't rub two nickels to your name. You've been rubbed poor your whole life. And just to test you sometime, somehow, some way, you just receive an incredible amount of blessing. Maybe a, an old uncle dies and leaves you a, a, a mass fortune, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself having everything you ever need or want, and that would be a test as well. Sometimes it's positive negative, sometimes it's negative and positive. It could be your health. You could be sitting here right now today, perfectly fine, not a single thing wrong with you, but tomorrow you could get a a call from your doctor who says, hey, we looked at those tests and you need to come back in because we, we need to talk about some things. That's possible. And the reverse of that is true as well. You could be the sickest person in this church. You've been sick for the last 10 years and every day for the last 10 years you've been standing up and crying out to God and asking God to get you through another day and one day you wake up and all your health problems are gone. You become the healthiest person in here and we never see you again because you stopped calling out on God, all right? That's possible, that's possible. You could be here tonight with a lot of friends. You've got more friends than anybody on the planet. And uh, yet something happens in your life and you lose your family, you lose your friends, you lose your children, you lose it all. That's possible. Or you could be the loneliest person. Right now, you're the loneliest person in here. But something happens tomorrow and you become world famous because of some freak accident that you're there and you rescue someone out of a car. I I don't know. It's called sudden reversal. Job had everything. 
He had fortune, he had family, he had fitness, he had fame, and he 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 lost it all. Except one thing. I want everybody to smile and write this down. The one thing he did not lose was his faith. He did not lose his faith. Lost everything else, but he never lost his faith. I want you to look at chapter 1, verse 21. I want to read this. Uh, I just want to kind of look at it. Chapter 1, verse 21. And he lost everything. He, it says naked. Everyone say the word naked. All right, there you did it. You said it in church. You said the word naked in church. All right. And, and, but I want you to see what he says and, and think about what he's saying. He said, naked I came from my mother. I, I was born naked. I, I, and you think about this, right? Every, every person in this room, when, the day you were born, you were born naked. It's the one thing we all have in common. Not one person came out of the mother's womb. When you came out of your mother's womb, you didn't have one stitch of clothing on. You didn't have a watch. You didn't have an iPhone. You didn't have a, you didn't have a baseball hat on. He says, he, says, he says, naked I came. From my mother's womb and naked I will what? Depart. Depart. And on all he's all he's saying there, he's saying, when I was born, I had nothing. And then he says, and I had a pretty good life. I had a pretty good run. Had a pretty good run, but now I've lost it all. And he goes, now I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die without anything. That was his attitude. He says, the Lord, the Lord gave. He says, I, I was living like a king. But you know what? The Lord has taken away. I've lost it all. But then he said this, may the name of the Lord be what? Oh, 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 oh. He he worshiped God in plenty, and now he's worshiping God in need. He worshiped God. He never lost his faith. Look at verse 22. It says, in all, in all of this, Job did not sin by charging God just because he went through a rough patch. He did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I know people, if they stub their toe, they curse God. If they stub their toe and blame God. Job lost his fortune, his family, his fitness, his fame, but he never lost his faith. He never blamed God. One of the greatest verses in the whole Bible is Job 13, 15, when Job says these words, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Everybody smile again, because that's a good verse. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Roman numeral two in your notes are conversations. There's all kinds of conversations in this book. In fact, the whole book is a book of conversations. Now, everybody give me a sad face, okay, because I don't have enough time to tell you all these conversations, but I want you to write them down, just just what they're about. First of all, there's a conversation between God and Satan. That's the first conversation. That's what we just read in chapter one when we were standing. There's more of it in chapter two. There's, and, and all I want you to know is that there was a conversation between God and Satan. They talk about Job. And, and I, I would guess, now i got to tell you, I don't know this for sure, and I don't like to get up here and tell you what I think, but I suppose, I suppose that God perhaps has had a conversation with Satan about you. 
I just don't think Job is the only person that God and Satan have ever discussed. I, I would guess, I would imagine that God and Satan have had a conversation about you. And, and the other thing that I want you to know about this particular conversation that you need to remember is that God limits, he, he puts limits on what Satan could and could not do. See, that's what you need to know. Satan has power, but he has limited power. And God said to Satan, you can only, you, you, you can only do so much. That, in other words, he, he put limits. He said, that's enough. He, here, he, God drew a line and said, that's all, that's enough, uh, this far and no more. Then there was, a, write this down, there was a conversation between Job and his wife, between Job and his wife, after he lost everything, he lost all that money, all that money, all those children, all that fame, the house collapsed, and I, I don't, I don't want to say she was a gold digger, I don't want to say that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go there, okay? Because she had her own, you know, she lost children herself, she lost the children herself, so she's she's hurting. But here's what she said in, uh, in Job chapter 2 verse 9, after they're going back and forth. She says, are you still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? That's his wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? I wouldn't say she really had the gift of encouragement. She, 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 uh, I don't think that was her gift. She, she was a killjoy is what she was. And you know, she's only mentioned one other time in the entire book of Job. She's mentioned here in chapters, but she only mentioned one other time in the whole book. I, I believe it's Job's 1917 when she says to Job, your breath stinks. It's the only other time she's mentioned. Think about this. This guy lost all his money. He lost all 10 children. He lost his health. He's sitting on an ash, an ash heap, got boils and sores, and he's scraping pottery. And his wife, his wife comes up and says, Mr., you need some Listerine because your breath is bad. You need some of that extra strength Listerine is what you need. So there's a conversation between God and Satan, a conversation between Job and his wife. Write this down. Then there's a conversation between Job and his friends. And that's really the majority of the book starting in chapter 2 all the way to chapter 31 there's a conversation between Job and primarily the his three main friends Bildad, Zophar and Eliphaz and again it's it's the largest it's the largest portion of the book just a discussion they go back and forth and they primarily do two things number one they just stare at him his friends just stare at him like I can't believe this is happening to you. But the second thing, Job, they, you know, they accuse Job. They, they say, Job, the reason you're suffering is because you must have sinned. And hey, we're your buddies, all right? It's the three of us. Hey, you know, we're the three amigos. We're, we're, we're buddies. We're friends. Why don't, why don't you, Job, tell us what you did. You, you need to confess. Whatever that sin is, come, come on. We're, we're your friend. You're among friends here. You, just tell us. Tell us, Job. You must have sinned. Now, with friends like that, who needs enemies, Right? But that's Job's situation. His wife has turned against him. His three friends have turned against him. So for 29 chapters, 29 chapters, back and forth with him and his friends, Job starts to wonder. 
Is there a God? Does, write this down, does God care about me? Does God care? He wants to know. And you can imagine if your three best friends are just beating you up for 29 chapters, you start to question God. And three times in the book, Job cries out, God, answer me. He said, God, God, tell, tell me, God, I want to know. I want to know why all this is happening. God, do you, do you care about me? And then we come to point number three, which is the encounter. And we actually have, I think, 100 guys out on a men's encounter this weekend. And, um, but there's another conversation in this book between God and Job, all right? There's a conversation between God and Job. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn all the way back to chapter 38. See, I just told you about what happened the whole first 38 chapters. Isn't that good? Oh, man, that's good. All right. Chapter 38. And this, this chapter, starting in chapter 38, it's four chapters, 38, 39, 40, and 41. There's only 42 chapters, okay? If you don't have a Bible, look underneath the chair. You can gra- grab a Bible. You can, you can read along with us. Job chapter 38, God speaks, and what I want you to know before I read through some of this, this in the Bible is the largest discourse where we actually have God speaking. Are you with me? This is it. You want to hear from God? This is the largest chunk of Scripture we have in the Bible where God actually speaks. And he's answering the question when Job wants to know, God, do you, do, you, do you even care what I'm going through right now? So look at chapter 38. I'll read just a few verses. Verse 1, the Lord answered Job out of the storm. Everyone say storm because Job was in a storm, right? And he said, I got to tell you this, God asked, you can write this down, it won't be on the screen. God asked 70 questions. Job asked one. And and God's going to answer his one question with 70 questions. And the gist of these 70 questions are, Job, who are you to question me? It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every night here on KKLA. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message tonight has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. 
Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, thanking you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.